What's up, runners? On this week's episode of the Up and Running podcast, I'm going to be discussing my Houston Marathon race plan and strategy. This is something that I go through prior to all my big races for myself and with my individual athletes in order to feel prepared and ready to race. So I hope you stay tuned and enjoy. What's up, runners? This is the Personalized Running Doc. I'm a runner rehab specialist, running coach, and competitive distance runner. And throughout the early years of my running career, I was plagued with repetitive injuries and told by many a professional that it was my body's own fault, that my body wasn't built for running. So either I could quit or just live with the pain. I decided to choose option three, dive into the science behind running and training, which is what allowed me to return to running pain-free and continue chasing after my own PRs to this day. And now I'm going to tell you all that I have learned along the way and how I coach my own athletes to do the same. This is the Up and Running Podcast. What is up, runners? It is officially Houston Marathon Weekend, and I am currently laying in my hotel room recording this episode using voice memos. So if the audio quality sounds different or not so great, please excuse me, I do not have my normal equipment and we are recording in travel mode right now. So I wanted to discuss today what my race plan and strategy is for tomorrow so that it can help you create your own race plan and strategy for future races. Now, two things I wanna note here is that your race plan and strategy for your own races, depending upon the distance, is going to be different than my race strategy. And it should change, again, based upon the distance. So what I am doing cannot be superimposed into your own plan because you are a different individual that has had a different experience than I have, that has different goals than I have. But the overall premise should help you kind of figure out what you need to be prioritizing leading up to race day. So what is a race plan versus race strategy? Well, the race strategy is what you're doing actually during the race to execute the race according to your goals and your hopes and kind of dreams for the race. Um, And then your race plan is everything that you're doing outside of the race leading up to the race and during the race to, again, have your goals go according to plan. So your race plan is going to include your fueling strategy, your hydration, your electrolyte loading, your carb loading, what you're going to be doing the day before your race, your warm-up, the race gear that you plan to use, your race strategy, so pacing strategy would be more specific there, and then your race mantra, what you're going to repeat to yourself when things get hard, because they will get hard, especially in the marathon. So let's start from the top. What am I, what am I going to be doing on race day for fueling? I'll get into kind of carboloading the week leading up to my race, but what I am doing tomorrow in terms of fueling is I'm going to be waking up around 4 a.m., three hours before my race, and I'm going to be immediately eating breakfast and having my coffee. Um, I'm going to be having a bagel with peanut butter, Nutella, and half a banana. And I'm going to make sure that I eat all of that even if I'm not fully hungry because I need those carbs in my system ASAP. Um, 
Then about an hour and a half later, I'm going to be mixing a Morton 320 drink mix with some water and I'm going to be drinking that leading up to the race. Now that is going to help hydrate me as well as again, give me some extra free floating carbs in my bloodstream to just have a lot of like available energy for me to be able to fuel my run. Now that's going to hopefully put me again in a net positive for how much carbs I have in my system so that it is again, easily accessible fuel for me during my race. And from there, once the race starts, I'm going to be starting fueling at 25 minutes and continuing to fuel at 25 minute increments. So at 25 minutes, I will take in my first gel. My second gel will be at 50 minutes. Third gel will be at an hour and 15 minutes. My fourth gel will be at an hour and 40 minutes. My fifth gel will be at two hours and five minutes. And my sixth and final gel will be at two hours and 30 minutes. Now, again, each of those gels has about 25 grams of carbs in it. That's 100 calories. And so I'm going to be taking in around 200 calories an hour. And I'm going to be doing that at that frequency on top of everything that I've done in the morning to not only, again, keep me in a positive zone for how much carbs I have easily available, but also to prevent myself from ever hitting that wall of not having enough fuel to fuel my race. I have worked hard over the course of the last six months to get my body like to have the ability, let me figure out how to put this, to have the ability to fuel at that level and capacity. Um, You can't necessarily just jump to fueling on that frequency also with that amount of carbs your digestive system needs to be taught how to do that Um, and I can spend another episode kind of teaching how to do that but I have worked to have my digestive system be able to take in that amount of carbs in that short period of time in the morning as well as while I am running to again have a bunch of carbs available for me to fuel my race. And now, even if my body doesn't use all of those carbs while I'm racing, that is just going to set me up to have some additional carb resources available for recovery after I finish my race. So that is my fueling strategy the morning of and during the race. Now, hydration. This is weather dependent as well as individual dependent again because of sweat rate. Now I sweat a lot, which means I lose a lot of water, which puts me at risk for hyponatremia um, and just dehydration in general. So I'm planning to start often and early with having the Morton drink mix early on as well. That's going to allow me some hydration right there. But I'm going to be starting to fuel pretty much at the first table that is available within the marathon. And I will then alternate between water and Gatorade throughout the entirety of the race. The water is going to obviously give me that just like hydration. Um, And then the Gatorade is for additional carbs as well as electrolytes. Gatorade has a lot of, or Powerade, whichever is available to you on race day, has a lot of sugar in it, but that is good in terms of just getting in some, again, additional carbs. And then the electrolyte 
portion is going to help your body just store and maintain your electrolyte levels as well as hydration and not just kind of lose everything all at once. I'm going to be alternating between water and Gatorade for the majority of the race and then probably around mile 22 I will even if there are tables later in the race after that point I probably will not stop there I will kind of put my blinders on and just focus on getting myself to the finish and hopefully again because I have preloaded with hydration prior to the race that morning um, and then at early on in the race I should be still in a net positive for my hydration and not kind of in a zone where I'm potentially dehydrating myself or putting myself at risk for hyponatremia. Now leading up to the race, I have been very diligent about making sure that I've been getting at least three to four of my 20 ounce water bottles a day. Um, this is super important, especially if you flew like I did to your race because flying dehydrates you with being up at high altitude for an extended period of time. So I've been very diligent about that the past couple of days leading up to my race. Again, this is all dependent upon you and your weight and your body's ability to kind of process these things. So take, keep that in mind when you're thinking about your own strategies. The subset to hydration is your electrolytes. So this is the next part, how you preload with electrolytes. The daily recommended average for like sodium intake is like 3,200 milligrams. But that is a daily recommended average for your average like sedentary individual. Marathoners, distance runners, you are not average in any way. You should most likely be taking in more electrolytes per day than those individuals. Myself, I took in one of the element packets. That's my uh, personal choice when it comes to electrolyte supplements. Um, I took in one of those packets yesterday, today, the day before the race. I'm going to be taking in two of those. Um, and the morning of the race, I'm also going to take in one with that dr Morton drink mix. So that's a lot of electrolytes in a short period of time. And again, I'm doing that like purposely to preload my system with a ton of electrolytes, sodium, potassium, magnesium, so that I start off in a very high place. And even if I do start to sweat with the weather being a little bit warmer than I planned, it's going to be around 55 to 60 degrees. It will not hurt me as much because I have some wiggle room. I have some stuff to lose um, without me putting myself in a danger zone. This is, again, dependent upon you. I'm going to keep repeating this over and over again during this episode because some people can tolerate those higher levels of sodium, magnesium, and potassium. Other people end up having other like uh, kind of symptoms from that. Um, potassium and magnesium can impact your GI system and your frequency of being able to go to the bathroom, um, number one and number two. So just keep that in mind when you are doing this. And always with all of this stuff, you should be practicing these things leading up to your race. This isn't something that you just throw together the day before your race. So all of these things that I'm talking about, I did leading up to New York Marathon as well. And it worked for me. 
And that's how I know that this will work again because my performance in New York was not poor because of my hydration and fueling strategies. It was poor because it was 70 degrees and 70% humidity. So that is how to fuel, how I'm hydrating, how I'm preloading with electrolytes. Let's kind of take another step back to fueling, but talk about kind of carb loading leading up to the race. So the past week I have been trying to just slowly shift what I am eating on a daily basis to be more carb focused. So what does that mean? Essentially, each of my major meals, I've just been trying to add an additional serving of carbs into that meal. So that's like extra veggies, an extra piece of toast, more potatoes, more pasta, more rice, whatever it is um, of your choosing that you prefer or that you're just having in that meal. And I've been doing that while kind of like decreasing a little bit of the protein I've been taking in or the fats that I've been taking in so that again, my body can slowly kind of increase the storage amount of carbs over the course of the week. Our body does not do well to carb load the night before a race with a huge mound of pasta. Even though that's the tradition, our body just ends up not actually storing as much of those carbs as we think they are and it just kind of expels them the next day when we go to the bathroom. So you, your body can actually better carb load and store those carbs when it's done in very small increments over the course of a week or two leading up to your race. So that's what I've been doing. Um, the day and yesterday and today before the race, I have been a little bit more diligent and kind of focusing on what I am eating and making sure that it is all foods that I know that my body can tolerate and will not have any GI distress from, will not cause me to run to the bathroom. So it's all very simple things that I, again, know that my body will process very easily. This is going to be different. Those food choices are going to be different for me than you, which is why I'm not kind of saying anything specific right now. It is foods that you know that your body will kind of easily digest. So whatever that looks like for you, that's what you want to be doing the day or two leading up to the race. Also, potentially avoiding alcohol in those days as well. Uh, because alcohol can again cause GI distress, especially like mixed drinks because of the levels of sugar in them. So just keep that in mind. Um, I want to kind of take like a little side note here. And if you are somebody that kind of typically weighs yourself on a weekly basis, um, maybe don't weigh yourself the week of your race. Uh, even if like you're hoping to be at a certain race weight, whatever the heck that actually means, but maybe don't do that this week because between you increasing your hydration, increasing your carb intake, increasing your electrolyte, um, preloading, all of those things are going to result in you storing water weight and that is okay. That is ideal. That's exactly what we want because that means, again, that you're storing those extra carbs. You're storing those elect extra electrolytes. You're storing extra water all to prepare for the amount of effort that you're going to be exerting when you are racing for an extended period of time. So maybe don't look at the scale that week because that is why your weight will and should change. 
let's get into what I am doing today, the day before the race. So, I mean, today I woke up, slept in a little bit um, because yesterday was a really long travel day for me. I got in two days before the race to be able to get comfortable and relax the day before the race. I was able to kind of also get to the expo yesterday and pick up my bib and pick up all the stuff that I needed. Um, And that allowed me to be able to do nothing today. And it's not that I'm doing absolutely nothing. I'm obviously keeping myself busy with like little work projects like this, but I also have books to read. I'm gonna be watching like TV. I don't want to just sit and twiddle my thumbs and think about the race because that's only going to increase the amount of anxiety, but you don't want to be doing anything that's going to be overly mentally or physically taxing the day before the race. Even if you're in a new city, I understand that there is some like enticement to like go out and explore, but I urge you to not do that. Do not make that mistake um, because it will result in extra fatigue on your legs. Um, Something that I couldn't really avoid the day before New York was I walked 30,000 steps just to be able to get to the expo and go through the expo that day. And that was a lot. Um, That's a lot of time on feet that ideally I shouldn't have. Um, So today my goal is to keep that to a very bare minimum. Um, It is including my race day kind of prep the day before includes a shakeout. And I do this for a couple of reasons. One, it's the day after I traveled. So I kind of want to flush out my system because with prolonged travel, there's usually a bit of fatigue in the legs. There's usually some swelling from sitting for prolonged periods. So I'm using the shakeout to kind of flush out my muscles, to flush out my system, to get any extra swelling that has been in there from traveling out of my legs. Um, And I'm using the run to also just kind of prep my nervous system, get myself ready to run. It kind of just brings some alertness into your muscles and into your body so that the next day it's not so much of a shock when you go to run fast. Your body's like, oh, okay, I know what I'm doing because you just had that little shakeout the day before. Even if it was easy and you only did maybe a couple of strides or pickups in that to just kind of like wake up your legs. The other benefit of doing a shakeout the day before your race is it gets rid of some of that nervous energy and that anxious energy, which is absolutely normal to have, but you just, again, don't want it to build up too much. And so by getting in 20 minutes super easy, that just kind of lets you take a deep breath and relax a little bit and feel a bit better before your race. So that is my race day plan. Um or race before race day plan uh, leading up to race day. The other thing that I will be doing tonight is making sure that I'm eating my dinner super early. This is going to make sure that like my digestive system is going to process everything prior to the race so that when I wake up early tomorrow, I am going to be able to go to the bathroom. That is obviously very important prior to your race. So I will be eating dinner probably around 4.30, 5.30 tonight. And I'm going to be looking to go to bed around 8 p.m. because I have to be up so early the next day. And again, that's just to ensure that my body processes, yeah, processes the food that I've eaten completely and it 
moves through my digestive system so that I when I go to use the porta potties, I am good to go. Race gear. Now this is something that everyone should know. Never wear anything new on race day. Never use anything new on race day uh, just because you don't know how it is going to go. So you want to be wearing underwear, sports bra, socks, shoes, shirt, shorts, whatever that you are planning to wear, you want to be you want to have worn that before. And I'm using the exact same race kit that I used in New York and I ran in that for multiple long runs leading up to New York and I've now used it again more leading up to this race. The only thing that I may be adding is the expo gave out this like little like armband that you can like store some like extra little things in so I might put that on my arm to have like my room key and my ID on me when I am racing just in case um and they gave out gloves and I think I'm just going to be wearing those obviously at the start of the race maybe when it's a little bit chillier out um and the sun isn't fully up just to stay warm and I'll probably throw them or toss them at some point when my hands start to get warmer um Race day gear that's also important to consider is, again, with these early morning races during like the later end of the year or through the winter, it may be a little bit chilly at the start of the race. So you don't want to be wasting energy on shivering. So I have some extra sweatpants and sweatshirts that I'm going to be wearing tomorrow um, that I'm okay with kind of just like tossing to the side when I'm still in the starting corral and getting rid of or donating in a doting donation bin if they have them but i'm bringing the a pair of sweatpants and a sweatshirt that i'm okay with not getting back so that i can stay warm at the start of the race the last thing that i'm bringing just in case is actually a trash bag uh, just in case it rains then i can create like essentially a makeshift poncho um, again, something that I'm okay with losing or not using um, at any point. I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So some extra gear tips to kind of consider when you're running in the early mornings. Now let's talk about warming up. Now for a warm up for a marathon or half marathon, essentially the longer the race, the less you need to warm up. So my warm up is actually probably just going to be a combination of a walk run to the actual starting line from my hotel room um, tomorrow morning, which it's about a mile away. So I'm not going to be doing anything super um, long or strenuous. Maybe we'll do like some drills when I'm in the corral um, prior to the race, but around 545, I will probably get make my way over to the race start to get there for 6 a.m. Um, and that will be a combination of a run walk and that will be my warm up. And then I'll probably be pacing around and walking around for a bit and that's going to also keep me warm. I'm gonna be standing in the porta potty line at, when I get there, gonna do some drills just standing in the porta potty line to again keep myself warm. Um, I'll drop my bag at bag check and then we'll head over to the porta potty line again, do some more drills, and then head over to the starting corral and just like kind of keep myself moving, whether that's doing some 
like little pogos or jumping jacks or squats. I'm just going to keep kind of my my body moving to make sure that I stay warm. And that's my warm up for for the race. It's nothing super particular because the in honesty, like you're going to be like partially warming up through the first start of your race. You're not going to be um, and it's not that big of a deal because you have 26.2 miles to kind of get into the groove of things. So that is okay. Let's move to race strategy, which again, some of this stuff has been partly like race strategy, my fueling during the race, my hydration during the race, all of those things are part of the race plan, but also my racing strategy. But when we get down into like racing strategy in terms of my pacing, this is what I am looking to kind of do. So my, and and this is where it becomes a little goal related. My biggest and number one goal of this race is to walk away knowing that I put in 110% effort into this race, that I finished with all I had, um, that it took guts and it took grit and it took heart to get myself to that finish line. And that's how, regardless of a time, that's how I want to feel at the end of the race, that I gave myself that or I did it all and I put it all out there. Now, when I think about actual time goals, um, I am looking to potentially my A goal, which is like the kind of like the reach goal. Um, It doesn't feel like it's so much of a reach because I've been training at this level, but my reach goal is running a 305 and seeing if I can complete that. My beagle, which is a bit more obtainable if I'm having a good day, regardless, I should be able to run this pace um, and finish in this time that's sub 310. My seagull is, again, if everything kind of like goes to shit and I can't really hold on to the paces that I thought I could, then I still think that I probably could run a 315. And that is, again, just based upon experience and what I have done up until this point. But we're going to feel it out actually on race day. So getting into my actual pace strategy from there with kind of keeping those time goals in mind, The first 10 miles, the goal is to just stay super comfortable and relatively easy. It's not going to feel super easy, but it's going to feel relatively easy. Um, And that for me is going to be around 7.15 to 7.20 pace. At mile 10, I'm going to essentially do a body check and kind of scan and think, how am I feeling? Do I feel good? Do I feel bad? Do I feel indifferent? Where where am I at? And if I feel good, then I'm going to start to bring the pace down a little bit. So I'm going to then start to shift my pace to around 7.05 to 7.15. So that brings it down like again, about 10 seconds. And if I don't feel good, I'm just gonna hold on to that 7.15 pace, 7.20 pace. So that's where it kind of is all dependent upon how you're feeling in that moment. And for me, I could feel great or I could not feel great. So we will see. Then I will do that new pace or kind of keep holding on to that 715 pace um, for another 10 miles. If I'm at the last 10K, when I get to that 20 mile mark and I'm at the last 10K and I'm feeling amazing, 
then I'm going to again bring the pace down. So if my pacing kind of consistently goes down, the next time around I'm going to this or in the, that last 10K, I'm going to bring my pace to around 655 to 705. I'm going to really try to push it. It's going to hurt at this point. It's going to be uncomfortable. I'm not going to want to be working hard, but I've worked hard on tired legs multiple, multiple long runs during this training cycle. So I know I have the capacity to push into that last 10K if I have the capacity to do so. Um, but again, if I'm not feeling 100% great, then again, I will just hold on to the pace that I'm able to run in that moment. And if that's still that 715 pace, that's still that 715 pace. But again, I want to make sure that regardless, I'm giving it my all. I am working at the highest capacity that I have to finish knowing I ran my best race for that day. So that's my pacing strategy. The first 10 miles hopefully will be around 7.15 to 7.20. The next 10 miles will be around 7.05 to 7.15. And the last 10K, I'm hoping to bring it down to 6.55 to 7.05 um, and finish really freaking strong. The last thing to talk about is your race mantra. So as I mentioned the race is going to get getting get hard um, and you're going to feel tired. It doesn't matter how many times you run a marathon. It's There's always going to be that point where you're going to start to feel the burn. Your, bod, your brain's going to tell you to slow down and you have to make the mental decision to actually continue to push into that discomfort and continue to push past that desire to slow down because the truth of the matter is is like 95 percent of the time slowing down isn't going to really make you feel better it's only just going to prolong the discomfort and it's going to prolong how long you're out there for if you're really feeling like shit slow down but if you're not and it's just your brain kind of seeking safety because it feels so your body feels so uncomfortable hold on Hold on for dear life and just like start to grind and focus on your mantra and focus on the people around you. Your mantra should be something simple that you can repeat to yourself over and over again when things get hard, when things start to feel uncomfortable. You don't want it to be a double negative. So don't say don't slow down because you will focus on the slow down part. Focus on creating a mantra that is overwhelmingly positive and encouraging to you um, and should just be a simple statement. The other thing that you can do, like I said, is focus on the people around you. If you are feeling uncomfortable, chances are the people around you are feeling uncomfortable too. So if you focus on them, if you try to encourage them and carry them with you or focus on the crowd and the energy that you're getting from the crowds, that will uplift you. That will help motivate you. That will bring you back to life. And I encourage you to kind of do that because it removes this kind of self negative self-talk and downing um, energy that we can put on ourselves when we kind of just focus on what's internally going on and we instead kind of focus on what's actually happening around us and usually 
during a race, the energy, the love, the inspiration, the encouragements that we're getting from those around us can really inspire us. So if we can remove ourselves from that, that inner monologue, we can feel a bit better from that. So now I will share with you what my race mantra is for Houston Marathon. And it just kind of came to me actually in my last workout how I wanted to feel um, with my race. And so I want to feel like I gave it my all, that I gave everything that I had to it. And why I want to feel that way is because of how much I have loved this training cycle this past year. Um, coming back into running in the last year and, and really starting to race again and enjoy racing and get inspired from it and the hard work that's gone into it and this, how the structure has helped me, how rewarding it feels to work hard for something and feel that accomplishment. Even if things don't go exactly the way that we plan, there's still a level of accomplishment of like, I did the thing. I worked really hard for that. And so... What I want to bring into Houston tomorrow is love. Um, and so what I plan to write on my arm is bring the love. Um, I want to be in the crowds. I want to be enjoying the people around me, racing hard with me. I want to feel all of those feel-good emotions and be so exuberantly happy um, that I get this opportunity to race and to exert myself at this level and that I've had this amazing training cycle um, up until this point. And there's really no other word to describe that overwhelming feeling that I'm having for this sport, for this opportunity, for this race than love. So... Tomorrow I plan to bring love and I think that that's going to help inspire me even when things start to get hard and they will get hard and I want them to get hard. That's the other crazy thing about the last year of kind of coming back into racing is I came back at a time that I wanted to race again and I wanted to come to this pinnacle moment and I wanted to try for these big goals that I knew I had the capacity to do for and because of that I am just in love with the sport and with racing right now and it feels so good and so amazing and it doesn't feel scary anymore it feels like there's just endless possibilities out there for it and that excite it, it excites me and it, it makes me happy to be doing the thing that I love and that I now get to do as like my career um, with inspiring my athletes and helping them strategize and figure out what they want to be doing in their own running journey because it looks different for everybody. And it should look different for everybody. Everybody deserves to have a coach in their corner helping them design the plan that looks best for them. So that is my comprehensive plan. That's the plan that I've created for myself for Houston Marathon tomorrow, and that is my race strategy and my race mantra, most importantly. 
If you enjoyed this episode or if you have questions about this episode in terms of how to create a race plan and strategy for yourself, please head over to my Instagram at the personalized running doc and shoot me a DM. Ask me a question. I love getting questions from you guys. I love being able to talk this through in that platform and in that space to be able to help you. That is my number one goal with running my business is to be able to help as many runners in the process do the thing that they love the most for the most amount of time. My other ask is if you enjoyed this episode is to share it with a running friend that could use this podcast in their life. Sharing the episode just helps with creating a bigger reach and getting the podcast uh, more viewable on different podcast um, apps. So please share the episode. Please share the podcast with somebody that you think could benefit from this information. But as always, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope you learned something. But most importantly, keep on running.